Welcome to another Monday of No One Gets Away With Anything. Today, here with you, we are Jose Rafael Ochoaneri and Ariana Lopez. Today, we talked a little bit about stereotypes, whether they're good and bad, and we made a bit of our assumptions about them and we said whether we like them or not and how they're useful. We hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Thank you. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. I'm currently consuming a lot of sugar. You? I am happy because I haven't seen you in a while. But yeah, we haven't seen each other in a while. We yeah. haven't had like the therapeutic Mondays. This, to, this week we didn't have it. Yeah, today is Friday, March 11th. And we are Enough. seeing each other for the first time in a week, actually. A week and a half. It's like we said, when was the last time we saw each other? Monday, last week. It was week. Monday last week we recorded. Today, a week and a half. Yeah, we ha- week and a half. That's why I feel, you know. Yeah. And a lot has happened in a week and a half. Like, a lot <laughs> has happened in a week and a half. I'm currently moving, which was not happening a week and a half ago. Um, and my emotional status have also changed dramatically. <laughs> week and a half. Yes. Um, But again, we're teenagers. That's how, well, not teenagers. You know, We're no longer teenagers. We are young adults, and that's how life is supposed to look like for us. I'm no longer going to be a young adult. Well, yes. No, la. Like, young adult counts as in, like, until you're 30 or something like that. Oh, my God. Then I have a lot of time to be a young adult. But I'm turning 21 in almost a month. Sure. In a month and two days. When's your birthday? April 13th. I'm not I was gonna... born on a Friday the 13th. That's what you're like. That's how you're how you are. <laughs> that that sir, that is a stereotype. That oh man, yes. Ah uh, yes. Okay, so basically we have uh Yundiva. How do you say that in English? Uh crossroads. I was gonna say is it like that? Or uh no, a tangent. Huh. We have a tangent. tangent. Well, Basically, we had an idea for what we wanted to say, right? But obviously, before recording, you know, we catch up with yeah. each other. Yeah. And sometimes our lives are more interesting than what we <laughs> thought they were. Right? Or what we even wanted to talk about. And what a message can actually portray. So we just wait for, you know, face-to-face interaction as into talk. And then talking, we get very far. Yes, we got very far. So, and we, I think we did, we, the original idea for today's episode was to talk about stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Okay, what people think of you or what you think of people or what you think of yourself. And then we start talking about life and then the eventful we can have like the short 19th century for those history geeks out there. Um, the short we can have <laughs> we had uh, had a lot of things happening and we decided to also talk about what we allow ourselves to do. And all, which also comes from the fact that Jose is recording his podcast. Yes. And that has opened his mind a lot, which opens my mind a lot as well. It's like... Yes, I'm now recording two podcasts. Am I a masochist? Probably. Um, okay, but tell us about your podcast. Oh, uh, my podcast is called Dare to Think. It's on Spotify, Substack, and Apple Podcasts. I hate plugging things, but... That's what we're here for, baby. And uh, basically, I was... Th- I was telling you when 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 you came uh, in the beginning we started catching up that uh our my podcast with you is to figure stuff out mm-hmm. okay but my podcast with myself is to let myself think about things that i don't normally think and it's very difficult because i literally have to like fight with myself like imagine like uh, waking up in the morning and <laughs> 
The moment where you have to like, chug the eggs is uh-huh. awful. It's like, okay, once I'm recording, it's fine. But uh, before I record, when I'm like, okay, what am I going to talk about? And it's like, at this hour, I will record. And I will. Like, I force myself to do it, but mentally, I'm like, what am I going to talk about? What is this? And then I do it. And it's been awesome. But speaking of stereotypes, I thought I would not be very good at it. But I'm, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I don't, I, there's no, there's no verdict out on whether I'm good or not. But I'm definitely not bad. <laughs> you know, Fair I'm not. Enough. I'm Fair not enough. a yes. flop. That's that's what Lovely. I was worried about. But that's exactly, you know, what it what it is about. And I also think that for many things in life, we're very worried about other people enjoying because of us. Like we're very worried always of how can I make sure that the person beside me is having fun or is happy or it feels comfortable and i i think we sometimes forget that if we manage to feel comfortable ourselves then we transmit that calmness to the person that's beside us mm-hmm. and the inner work actually is what we spoke about like a couple episodes before you know the replicating effect like when you feel a certain way you portray that to your environment and you actually transmit it yeah it's exactly the same thing like you know if you feel comfortable doing your podcast it means it's flowing and if it flows for you, the people that are going to listen to it are going to feel that it flows as well. Exactly. You know, funny enough, one of my last episodes was called Flow. <laughs> oh, bueno, mira. You see? <laughs> Things come full circle, which is the last episode's name. Wow. Um, okay, so stereotypes. I was thinking of our last episode where we talked about feeling off. Oh, yeah. You know? And uh, I remember I told you a little bit about the time the, the other day where I was goalkeeping and I didn't feel really good or about my university life where sometimes I don't feel like I fit in. A week and a half has gone by, and uh, <laughs> and now you have besties at uni or something. More or less, actually. <laughs> I, I, I have a good Please group of friends. Tell me more about it. <laughs> I have a good group of people, and we're like forming. It's still like in the process of like people are seeing that we're sitting together, and they're like, "Wow!" And I feel very much watched, you know. And I feel like a teenage girl who's very insecure about herself, like. I went to school one day and I didn't see them and I was like, they hate me. Two hours later, I was like, hey, I didn't see you at school. And I was like, oh my God, they don't hate me. And so, uh, feeling off hasn't been going, like, it hasn't gone away. I still feel off a lot of the times. But um, increasingly, it has begun to happen. Like, for example, I had never bought any jewelry before. For yourself? For myself. And I've always wanted a ring. And last week, I was walking down Goya. Uh, for those of you who don't know, in Madrid, there is the Wizink Center, which is a, a concert hall, basically. And in front of it, there's a big plaza, and there are hippies that literally sell stuff, and it's called Hippie de Goya. And they sell a lot of stuff, and I bought myself a ring. And it's been one of the best things I've ever done, and I love how it looks on me, and I love that. I, but like, I was nervous to like show the ring to my dad. Like, if he was going to say something, he, of course, didn't. Uh, I was like, am I going to get any compliments for it? And all of that is, like, the stereotype that I have for myself. You know, I have an image of me. And whenever I go away from that image, even if it's, like, social status, tipo, nada más, las personas con las que yo salgo en mi universidad son parte del estereotipo de quien soy yo en mi propia cabeza. It's fucked up. Like, and that's only talking about my own stereotypes. Imagine the stereotypes I have about other people. I don't know. I don't know what you think. Do you think you have one stereotype for yourself or you have a couple stereotypes for yourself? I know that I'm different in several situations. Mm-hmm. I was talking the other day on Dare to Think about uh, Camp Me. 
You know, you're a different person. Cuando te vas a campamento, eres una persona completamente distinta. Or M-U-N-U. M-U-N-Me uh, became me. Forever. I, I feel the same way, dude. <laughs> I was, like, when I was in Caracas, right? Once I was talking to my, like, M-U-N friends from college, and I told them, like, the, the person I had to become to be good in M-U-N became a person I could not get rid of. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it integrates into you who you are. It's, I was very much of an introvert before, right? And I still consider myself to be an introvert, at least in some scenarios, right? But I had to, like, open up and not only open up and let people in, but actually look for other people in order to be good in a new one, you know? And it's yeah. like, know how to approach, know how to care, know how to listen, know how to be nice. And it's a bit of a vicious cycle there. It's addictive. <laughs> it's fucking addictive, yeah. right? So, like, when you learn how to gain that sense of, you know, people look for you. Like, it's not only that you're good at opening up with people. It's like people then become addicted to you. Yeah, and, and it's weird because you find people like that in MUN. And when they ask them and you become close enough to them to ask them about their experience, they have people like that. So, uh, <laughs> it's very funny because... Um, then you become that person for somebody else, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And I told the story the other day about the the student of mine who won the award the mm -hmm. same as me. And I'm sure that he had people like that because he went on to still be in MUN the year mm -hmm. later. And I'm pretty sure his girlfriend, who's one year younger, was also in MUN, also looked up to him. You see, it's a cycle that's very weird in the sense that um, I came across that that idea, you know, integration. I think that integration is the opposite of being, like, the ability to integrate is the opposite of stereotypization. So, okay. there's this idea that the human mind is completely malleable. That you can make any human being with the proper, um, with the proper, you know, tools into whatever you want. So, you can grab any child and make it into whatever profession he wants. You can, and I don't think that's true. And then you can turn them back. Okay, and then you can order society in whatever way you want. And I think that's a bit of like a eugenic idea. I don't like that idea a lot because I think human beings have limitations and have preferences, mm -hmm. right? And then there's this idea where like, okay, uh, to clarify, all the United Nations requires a lot of speaking. Do you think that introverted you would have been thrilled about MUN after listening to it, to it about it for the first time? I was not the first time I went. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You have to go a couple times before you kind of start to like it. Yes. A couple, several times. Well, I, I kind of grew into it really quickly. And I no, like, no, nothing. It was not like that. Yeah. I, my first time out, I won. <laughs> I won a standing delegate. And then after that, I just didn't stop winning best delegates until I went international. And Holy fucking shit. What am I supposed to do with this cocky human being I I'm have? Sorry. <laughs> I'm very proud of my MUN background. Okay, parenthesis, I... Tienes galletas maría, brother. Yo no yes. comí una galleta maría desde que me fui a Caracas. Where the fuck did you find that? I didn't find it. My brother brought it with him. Tipo, mi hermano se vino de Caracas con una maleta de, entre muchas cosas, tres cachitos de la flor altamira que me devoré en cuatro no. segundos. No. Yes. You owe your brother, like, big time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, yeah. Este, bueno, y... Okay, I have several things to say. In terms of, like, what you can become which is what you were saying before. It's like, I think the limitations are, to a certain extent, put by yourself. Yeah. But, but this goes also to the debate we had of nature versus nurture. Like, yeah. how much are you, na like, naturally limited to become something? 
and how much is your environment limiting you to become something or pushing you to become something right so yeah, again that's literally that's literally another debate but my thing what i was going to say is that stereotypes are not entirely bad not at all they're useful i think they're very useful and they also give you identity like they give you and you can sense others identity thanks to stereotypes for example like in my university right the fact that we're all from different places i think being surrounded by people who are not from the same place as you are makes you want to hold on to your origins harder yeah. right and even if you did not act as much as the people in your country used to act or speak about as much of your, of your country the fact that you're surrounded by people who do not know that makes you a representative exactly yeah. and makes you feel more from there you know because it's like that's what you hold on to like you are from there and here this is a very important thing because we're not all from the same places right so having a stereotype of okay i am venezuelan and this is what it entails is like some sort of you know safe zone for me because okay. it's like you know there are very few things that are certain in my life but this is one of them about my character especially and i think it's more or less the same thing for most of my friends Okay. I I have a stereotype that I'm discovering okay. about myself. I I feel like the people at university see me like that good student that can low key get away with anything. Okay. And I have a story for that. Uh the other day I was in class. I was in art class and we had to do an activity. Me and my partner we finished really quickly and this class was a practical session. We had only two other groups with us, so we were like a very few amount of people. I had my app in front of me. I was talking to this friend of mine. I was like, "You know, we finished half an hour early." There's nothing else to do in this class. How about we watch a video about art since we're in art class? Mm -hmm. And you know, super geeky. Like I was not watching like football or mm -hmm. I was watching a video about uh, by Nerdwriter01. It's a YouTube channel. He's a very great essayist mm -hmm. and he does video essays and he does a video essay about the most terrifying painting in art history and it's Goya's uh, depiction of Kronos eating his son. Okay. And it's seriously terrifying but it's more terrifying because of the video and i was genuinely interested talking to my friend about this very quietly you know very respectfully mm -hmm. and the teacher comes up and she says like hey what are you doing I'm like oh, i'm watching a video and i didn't i didn't see the tension and that's like i do not identify with that stereotype that much mm -hmm. okay but after hearing the story from my friend's perspective i understood and i was okay. like okay i get it The teacher came up to me and she was like, what are you doing? I said, oh, we're watching a video. Do you know Goya? And she was like, of course, I'm an art mm -hmm. teacher. I was like, okay, well, I didn't study in Spain, so I didn't learn about Goya in school. Mm -hmm. I learned about him after when I was in like late high school mm -hmm. when I was studying to come to Spain. And so uh, I didn't know about Goya, but like, uh, and I found that this video, a lot of Spanish people, when they see it, they didn't know a lot of the things that mm -hmm. I know. And it feels weird to know more about like a national artist of Spain than the, the, the same Spanish people. And the video is really well done. And she started talking to me and she said like, yeah, well, it's an art video. And she says, I don't care. And I, I, I kind of noticed a little bit of tension there, but the rest of the class was quiet. I was blabbering on. My friend took the AirPod off, put it in, and they were all in this weird tension. And I just kept talking to the teacher. <laughs> and you were like, yeah, it's Oh, why would you want to watch it? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, because she, she, she needs to write a review and she doesn't know how to write a review and some video essays are a lot like that. Mm -hmm. And she was just enthralled in my conversation. And then I remembered that I recommended an artist to this teacher like three weeks ago and mm -hmm. she'd never said anything. 
And the middle of class, it was five minutes before the, 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 the alarm went off. And uh, I told my teacher, oh, by the way, did you look for the artist I told you about? And she just, like, oh, no, can you show me? It went from her about to kick me out of the class without me even <laughs> noticing to her, you know, leaning into my iPad talking about Carla Cruz, <laughs> you know, Carla Cruz, who is an iconic Venezuelan artist, okay? And telling her about, and her subject is about how art travels through the world and Carlos Cruz Diaz. It's Venezuela, a very good Paris. example. Exactly. And so it, it was a very cool situation when I went out and they said, Eres un loco de mierda. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could get, you, you did a robbery, talked to the police, and they gave it to you. And they helped you steal the thing with you. Yeah, yeah. It, it was very weird, and I didn't notice. And they've told me, like, and then people from my class told me, like, yeah, you do that all the time. I had never noticed that I did that. So, There's comfort in stereotypes. Like, yeah, being a Venezuelan has its comfortable parts as a stereotype. Has and it's, it's not very so uncomfortable ones. Yes. Sometimes I want to fit and sometimes I want to run away from the stereotype. Yeah. But also, sometimes stereotypes are completely, like, alien from oh, you. Yeah. Son extraños a ti. What stereotypes do you hate or dislike about yourself? When people look at me as naive. And I, like, it boils my blood. Because <clears throat> I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. And I know where I stand. But when people point out at me stuff that, first, I don't totally agree with. Because I'm a very close person for some aspects, right? So the fact that I don't speak about something doesn't mean that I don't know about something. And it's called caution. And... Second is, you know, I know it. I don't have the need for you to point it out yeah, yeah. if it's true, you know? And, you know, sometimes it's my close friend to do it, so it's like, okay, I like I don't mind. And also knowing where you stand helps you not to be affected by how people, like, frame you. But, you know, that stereotype of, you know, good girl, good student, she doesn't get much into this, she doesn't get much into that, na na na, which is good for some things, but some other times it's like, You're taking me for granted, and you don't really know like how I behave under those scenarios. Yeah, under you know? these circumstances. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I was gonna say another thing. Like, although some stereotypes are off, like even they're useful not only for yourself but to like crack other people. Yeah. Like you have to begin by a stereotype, and then you break it down, and like that's your like new hypothesis, right? Like, you have this person who you have never had a conversation with and you want to approach it because they seem interesting in your head and the interesting thing that you see in them is part of a stereotype. Yeah. Once you engage in conversation, you have, like, a checklist of the things that belong to your stereotype and you're like, okay, this is true, this is not so true, this, I don't know. And the more you talk to them, the more you start, like putting the pieces together and then you're like okay maybe this other stereotype could also fit it and you do your checklist na, 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 na. but in the end all of your human understanding comes from some like preset packages that we like start tailoring to the person the peoples around it. i disagree okay i mean like i understand the point i look at it more this way <laughs> ¿Qué, qué pasa? Y lo voy a poner de manera biológica porque I think mm -hmm. it's the best way that I can represent this. Tus ojos. Mm -hmm. You 
can only really see like really crisp HD quality in one part of your vision. Mm-hmm. The rest is low quality, mm-hmm. but it's necessary. It captures motion. It focuses more more on broader colors. You maybe don't notice. You know, there's a bunch of uh, you know mind games where they play with the the perceptions on your eye to make you see things that aren't there. That's what stereotypes are. When you get to know a person, if I get to know you, you stop being a stereotype and you become a person. Maybe there's parts of you that are stereotyped, stereotyped, but. The whole of who you are, at least from my perspective, after speaking to you for a couple of times, then I have a more good quality image. Okay, the thing about stereotypes is that look, blurry vision, like per- peripheral vision, is incredibly useful. Mm-hmm. You don't get run over every time you go into the street because you have peripheral vision. If somebody throws a ball at your face and you can see it in your peripheral vision, you can move away. More or less the same thing happens with stereotypes. I think stereotypes are there to help you identify the things that you want and you don't want that you can't look at too closely. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if I see in at least por lo menos creo que muchísimos venezolanos nos pasa incluso ahora viendo Europa, si yo estoy caminando por la calle y escucho o veo una luz roja con blanca o escucho un carro de policía, yo inmediatamente me hago como menos perceptible, ¿sabes? Como que I hide as much as humanly possible porque en Venezuela, un policía significa que te iban a quitar 50 euros como poco y como mucho capaz te metían preso y tú podrías llamar a tu papá. Como que we have learned through that stereotype yeah. to, you know, take care of ourselves. That's what stereotypes are useful. Pero al mismo tiempo, I understand what you mean. I'm a very good I'm the type of friend you call like a psychologist friend because I'm the type of person that talks to you and tells you like, first time I meet you And it's happened a lot. I'm try. I've tried to stop doing this because I've found that it's not very positive for my relationship with people. But um, I'm still a very honest person. I mm-hmm. say the things that I understand about people. But in the beginning, when I get to know someone, I'm very good at spotting stereotypes mm-hmm. and I'm very good at spotting patterns. And so, a lot of people have told me that when they talk to me for the first time, that I tell them things about themselves that they didn't know that they had. Yeah, it's very you. Yeah. Yeah, because in the end, like, we do fit into stereotypes. Yeah. Although we want to escape them sometimes because it's uncomfortable to think that we're predictable. We are. Yeah. And I had a, a teacher that was like, we, we're speaking about stereotypes, identity, no, 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 how to belong, how belonging is something very important for human beings, right? And he's like, Think about vegans. When someone's vegan, they come in a package. You know, it's like, they're not only vegan, they're probably gay-friendly, they're probably, like, I don't know, they love the environment, they have a bunch of pets, you know, it's like, you don't know that person, but very much likely, all those other things are also true. So in the end, like, it's also what you're saying, it's like fear, you know, stereotypes help you not put that much effort into gathering information about every single human being. It's like you only have to gather one or two things for you to like already, you know, understand how to deal with the big picture, right? And then, well, like on one-on-one situations, I do agree that once you like connect deeply with a person, they stop being part of a stereotype and they become that person to you. But at the same time, I do think that the process of getting to really know a person, for me, doesn't take like a couple of times. It takes a lot of time. And in the meantime, I put them like in different cages and like try to figure out which of the labels fit them better and progressively like you tailor your own stereotype of a yeah. person i think we're using the word stereotype wrong 
Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna explain what I mean by this. So you don't have a stereotype of a person. Again, I think that you shed the stereotype. The stereotype is a, like a three one twenty p YouTube video. Okay. okay. You shed it. The moment that you start learning about a person enough, then it stops being a stereotype. But I think there's more levels to it. So it's not stereotype knowing a person. I think there's a couple of steps there. My problem in my past was that I very quickly got from, you know, stereotype to maybe halfway there. And I thought that was all. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've also had the experience of like thinking of one of the stereotypes about myself that I don't really like is that things start going very well for me mm-hmm. mentally. Like I start getting things right and I think I'm invincible. Mm-hmm. It's called narcissism. It doesn't really happen to me often. And I think that it, to most people, it happens at some point or mm-hmm. another. And I've seen, I know when it happens to me. When, and it used, at least it used to happen to me a lot in that moment after I, MU and me became integrated into who I am. And I started talking to all these people. And all these people started telling me like, oh, you told me stuff about myself that I didn't know. And I remember that it got to my head. Mm-hmm. And I remember that it started happening every time I met someone. And I realized that I wasn't actually meeting them. I was creating a low-resolution picture of them in my head. And as long as it made sense and they said yes, that was it. And it becomes very... And my brother said it very well to me. And I think I, I, I like the way he said it. He said, you know, friendships aren't made in a day. Friendships are made in a decade. And believe me, getting to know someone little by little, you know, it's a lot more satisfactory than, you know, just opening a hole and letting all that water drip out immediately. It's And it's true. I think that the, you know, sometimes we think that stereotypes, we have a tendency to stereotype everything, especially in our times. What the fuck is TikTok? TikTok is like a low resolution version of everything. <laughs> yes. Like... I think more than a low resolution, it's more like a pill. You know, like very powerful, but at the same time, very superficial. Yeah. You're probably right. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Because I had an idea, but it kind of escaped me. Okay. Well, for example, stereotypes, I think that also go in regards to like stereotypes of ourselves, for example. I always saw, I've seen, I've said this a couple of times before, like, I always saw me as, you know, good student, good daughter, things go right, I do a project, turns out right, I then I'm engaging in another one, like, a cycle of positive events academically-wise. And in terms of my relationship with other people, I just perceived myself as being very close and selective, right? Yeah. Once I changed my own paradigms, and it was like, you know, Amyuan also helped me on this, like, you can actually open up more and put yourself out there more. And yes, you will receive negative comments, but what if you can be an outgoing person and look for people you want in your life and not just expect them to appear in it? And then there's also times in which you feel like you're belonging to a stereotype which you do not like. And, you know, that's also understanding, like, 
Why don't you like this stereotype? What can you do about it? How true is it? Hmm? I, I, I kind of remember something thanks to what you were saying. We're studying a book right now that I love called Factfulness by Hans Rosling. Mm -hmm. He was a Nobel laureate uh, statistician. He's an amazing person. And his life's work was about um, using statistics to make us realize our problems correctly. And it very, it's very cool because I'm studying for school a chapter called, I think it's chapter eight, the single perspective instinct, I think okay. is the name of the chapter. And it talks about how because we are very specialized people and because we come from very specialized places, like think about it, how specialized are you? You are a Venezuelan mm. living in Spain. You are from a very specific social class. Mm. You're living in a very specific social class at the moment. Mm -hmm. And you can only really speak to that experience. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it like that, it's like, well, you're really narrow. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you are not a complete human being or anything. It just means that the world is so wide that there's space for very, 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 very much uh, a lot of diversity, right? And so what he says is, and I think that, of course, I had to bring him up. Jordan Peterson also talks about this. It's like, what I think stereotypes do, and what I think I dislike about stereotypes, is that there are one answer for everything. The same thing with ideology. Ideology, I think... Is stereotypes made politi like made political? Well, the identity politics tends to go that way. You know, mm -hmm. like if you look like this and you talk like this, if you're in a suit and you're a Caucasian, you're a right winger. Mm -hmm. Like you have no idea. Like I agree. that person might be I don't know, uh, whatever. Like something people, very different from what you. Yeah, expect. he would be a drag queen, and you have no idea. Like what does that have to do with anything? And yeah. I don't know. It, I think in the end, like, it's about where you draw the line. Because, conclusion, stereotypes are both positive and negative. But I think what is wrong the most about them is, speaking of a personal perspective, like, you as a person, when you feel somebody gives your identity for granted, that's what's fucked up. And that's what, in the end, makes stereotypes be uncomfortable. Because... It's, it's not nice when people just put you in a cage and assume that you're just that. Because they're not just that themselves. And one thing is not wanting to put as much time and effort into the, getting to know someone's personality. And another thing is just like, you know, maybe I don't want to be... Like, if I don't want to spend time with you, then I don't have to assume things about you. I'll just be like, acknowledge my ignorance. That's the thing. I had a, an experience the other day. Uh, an experience that I've had before, but it had never mattered this much to me. I'm creating a new group of friends, and I, like my social success in university, I think is very important to me because I didn't have a lot of that in high school, and I want to break that chain. And uh, so I was in the train, I was coming back, and I was talking about Dare to Think, and and a friend of mine told me, oh, I heard about what you talked about Jordan Peterson. And the friend who was next to her said, Jordan Peterson. And she said exactly these words. Like, the fact that I prescribe to even one of the things that he thinks or agree with him in any way makes me a dirty, egregious kind of human being. Mm -hmm. I, I spoke with her. 
to a long for to like for a very long time about this, and that's not exactly what she meant, mm-hmm. okay? But that is exactly what she showed me. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah, stereotype, yeah. the reaction to it was exactly that. I um, and if it has happened to anybody listening, because I have been talking about Peterson a lot. Um, I think he has a very good quote from one of his interviews, which is, read more, you know, look into his work, look into people. I think that most of the time you don't give yourself the time you put people aside. And sometimes for very good reasons, if you get hurt mm-hmm. and you create a stereotype about the type of person that gets hurt, that, that hurts you, then hell, you don't want to get close to those people merely because of survival. Like hell, they might be a good person, but if I know that this will get me hurt, why would I want to get close? So... It's a double-edged sword. I, I can't recommend stereotypes as the way to live in the world the same way that I, can re- I can't recommend an ideology. Do you prescribe to a political ideology? No. Like, to one? No. no. Like, then stereotypes, especially in our time, especially in our world that is globalized, that has so many cultures and people and ideas and has so much social media, so much connection, it has wars while at the same time, you know, peace in some other place. Like, it, it's not... There's no... Yes or no, black and white, and Hans Rosling's The Single Perspective Instinct says that if you're an expert at something, and we're an expert at social media, and we're an expert at how people look and how they feel and how they talk and the way that you should speak, we see that as the only tool that we have to Mm -hmm. answer our questions. And so our stereotypes are increasingly the same, and we're getting into the exact same boxes. And I dislike it. A lot. I really don't like it. Oversimplifying humans is inhuman. Um, calling me a Venezuelan and assuming that you know everything about me doesn't make me feel like a victim. That's another thing that I dislike about stereotypes. Because it does bad to the people who are saying them and the people who are listening to them. Mm-hmm. Mostly because of that mentality. I'm not... Like, I've been called a sudaka. For those of you who do not know, it's a slur. Ooh, I, I would even say it's a, it's an ethnic slur or a, a racial slur. I don't think it's a racial slur because no, it's not, I think it's ethnic. Because it's uh, making fun of being from South America. Basically, it's saying that you are scum because you come from the the part of the planet that is in the southern part of the western hemisphere. I every time I've had something like that said to me, I laugh and I say, and I'm happy about it because. You know, you said it before, uh, whenever you are identified with a stereotype that isn't yours, you feel anger. Mm-hmm. And anger, I think, turns into resentment. And, Yay. you know, yes, and I hate that. Because there's people that have, for example, with the Jordan Peterson thing, there's people that have seen that I like him, immediately stopped talking to me, or decided that they didn't think the same way as me, and they go away. And it feels like shit. But if I was resentful about it, then I would be closing the door to all the people that might think differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that's stupid. If you have a victim mindset, the only thing that you're going to do is close people around you. And I think that stereotypes in their negative form, because, again, they're useful, bring that out in people. They make mm-hmm. people either feel like victims or, you know, have like this... Como este check en blanco de puedo juzgarte y decir toda la mierda que quieras sobre ti porque me mostraste una cosa que no me gusta y yo me siento moralmente superior a ti. Exactamente. Shitty. That's fucking shitty. It's true. Y por eso se siente mal. O sea, es como... 
los estereotipos no están mal y son útiles para muchas cosas. O sea, al final tú no puedes llegar a conocer a todo el mundo en términos personales y tú tienes que lidiar con mucha gente que nunca vas a llegar a conocer. Y descifrarlos te hace la vida a ti y a ellos más fácil. El problema es cuando tú asumes que tu asunción es más poderosa que la identidad de esa persona. Oh, wow. Exacto. Very Entonces, good Loved it. Coño. <risa> coño. Coño. Está bien los estereotipos y está bien asumir cosas que no son correctas en los demás. Lo que no está bien es tomar acciones que perjudican a la otra persona porque tú no te diste la tarea de entender qué coño es lo que está pasando por su cabeza. Exactamente. Exactamente. We love that. <risa> Sometimes you know you gotta get hit the Spanish. <risa> Yeah. Pues sí, y bueno, eso nos puede también llevar a lo que estábamos haciendo, lo que nuestra tangente, nuestra disyuntiva, que era el otro tema que queríamos hablar, which is allowing yourself. And taking yourself out of the stereotype that you create to see what's not stereotype. Like, ok, esto es en verdad súper profundo. Tú tienes tu percepción de tú mismo ahorita, ¿verdad? Y yeah. tú tienes como que las cosas que están sucediendo en tu vida y el José de hoy, ¿verdad? Ese es tu estereotipo. Uh -huh. ¿Qué pasa si el José de hoy va a la calle y llega alguien y te cambia la vida y tú dices, ¿qué es más poderoso? ¿Los que siento ahora o todo lo que llevo construyendo todo este tiempo? Entonces, te puede haber pasado la cosa más increíble del mundo, pero el hecho de que tú estás tan aferrado a tu estereotipo de antes, incluso cuando tu estereotipo no te hace una mejor persona, va a hacer que, uno, tú no disfrutes, y dos... Empiezas a tenerle rabia a tu estereotipo de antes. O sea, como que you're not gonna feel as comfortable as you were before because you know this new thing, but at the same time, you're not gonna enjoy the new thing. And that's complicated. Yeah, that's complicated. What are we talking about? Bueno. <laughs> yes, I understand what you mean. I understand what you mean. And no, creo que esta explicación, I've done it before, but um, Nietzsche has a piece of his philosophy about how you should live your life. And you should live your life as if you have a screen in front of you displaying after you die. There's a screen that shows everything that you did in your life. If you want to live your life correctly, you should do things in a way that after, when you're viewing everything that you did, you have no regrets. That is basically part of what Nisha said about life. And I believe that that is exactly what you should do. Look, Jose right now has a goal several but i have goals okay and if i'm going to experience something amazing it has to go with my goal okay maybe my goals aren't super detailed in some cases okay for example it's not like if i get the opportunity to study international studies in a master's degree in canada but i was planning to go to france i'm not gonna mm. say no i'm gonna go to canada and you know study my thing but If the opportunity goes something like, do you want to go work at a petroleum factory, which happens a lot, uh, you will have to work from 12 p.m. to 12 a.m. You have to invert your schedule, and it happens a lot. There's, I know people who do, who do this. And then you will have all the money in the world, I swear. Like, getting paid to be this type of, like... Um, para trabajar en la industria petrolera de esa manera te pagan muchísimo. I would say no. Because petroleum is my passion. I don't really care how much money I make. I, I care that I make enough money. And enough money is 
as much as I need for me, my family, my future. And if I make that in a year there, and then I have to be there for 10 more years, I'll die. Because my goal isn't to make money. My goal is to be as integrated as human being as I can be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way that you solve that problem. Like, how do you how do you know if you should allow yourself to do something? I think that was the question you were trying to ask. Like, if you have this amazing opportunity in front of you, how do you allow yourself to do it? Your short-term goals are important, but if what you're allowing yourself to do is still in the same line as your long-term goal, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And also, you can allow yourself to do something when if, for example, people that change careers, or imagine, for example, it has it's happened to, to a lot of young adults. Like you're, in a, you're studying your career, and you feel increasingly, and it is my feeling, that it's useless. And it feels really useless. It feels like I have to get my driver's license, you know? Tengo que hacerlo porque te toca. I have to do that too. Yeah. And, but you made a promise, you know, you made a promise to yourself to sit down and do this. You promised yourself that you would finish. And so the only way that you allow yourself to do something different if it's, if it's more difficult than what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. That way you don't quit. Mm-hmm. Because the problem with allowing yourself to do things is that you generally allow yourself to stay in bed. So if you are, for example, given the opportunity to start a different degree in another place, it's a lot more difficult than where you are right now because you have to adapt to a whole different atmosphere and you have to do a whole different thing. That's the opportunity that I was given when I left Venezuela. I could either stay or leave. And the only reason why I allowed myself to change is it made sense with my long-term plan and it was more difficult than, I was, uh-huh. than what I thought in the beginning. Yo me decidí venir porque era la decisión más difícil de tomar. You see? And has it bear, bore any fruits? Sometimes I question them, pero últimamente siento que las cosas están saliendo bien. Y... I agree. Y bueno, o también, o sea, hay veces que... The right thing is also like... O sea, what you want to do and what feels like the right thing... No tiene que verse scary, you know? It can actually look very tempting, pero al mismo tiempo, once you face it, like, you start entailing some sort of responsibility and anxiety which makes you question, you know, like, can I afford to deal with all of this burden? For example, that relationship, dude. Like, when you start... You start you know, being with someone in a, like, exclusive way, right? It? Exclusive. In an exclusive way. Exclusive way, yeah. Before, like, you know, you didn't have anyone, right? But no matter what you did, you were affecting yourself. Like, your decisions were for you. Yeah. And if you wanted to go and do something, like, worst case scenario, like, your friends, no, no, no. But in the end, it's on you. Yeah. When... You are with someone in a relationship. If you feel off, you can stay away from that person, but you can. You also have to take them into account. You know, it's like you cannot refrain from the world when you love someone that much because it's like you're gonna hurt them as well. And yes, there's some degree of understanding, but I think that when 
you want to give yourself to someone, then like you you have to think about them when you're thinking about yourself a bit. Yes. I don't I watched a TikTok the other day that said people make this mistake in relationships a lot. It's like they think that you take care of me and I take care of you. Actually, it should be I take care of myself for you and you take care of yourself for me. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's how you should look at it. You should that's one of Jordan Peterson's 10 rules for life. It's take care of yourself as if you were somebody that you were loved. Mhm. Bueno, y creo que eso es precisamente lo que me da miedo. O sea, es como que antes, si yo no me cuidaba a mí, me afectaba a mí. Claro. Nada más, ¿verdad? O sea, es tipo, si yo un día me levanto vuelta loca, bueno, lo, lo, lo resuelvo yo y listo, ¿entiendes? como que, no sé, siento que era un tema conmigo. Es como, me, I could just, like, afford to fuck up. And, you know, and I can still, you can still do it when you're with someone else. Pero al mismo tiempo es como que, you want to make a better job. Yeah, you want to do it more. You want to do, do it, it like, you want to, you want to do a better job because you want to do it also for the other person. Yeah. I think that uh, allowing yourself to do new things and different things, as long as they go with your goals, and as long as that those goals are well thought through, mm-hmm. I think you need to. Mm-hmm. Because stereotypes, I think, also symbolize being stuck. I think allowing yourself to do something learning to play an instrument, doing a podcast, running every week. I think that's I think that's the fuel that makes you into your goals, that shapes you from normal you to MUNU. Like it's a power up. Like mm-hmm. learning something new gives you a different it lets you shed your skin. Yeah. It lets you shed that stereotype. And then you know what's really fun? I think we can close on this. When you mm-hmm. when you go back to see someone after you've changed a lot and you knew them a lot, because stereotypes and people that you know fade with time. If you don't see them for a very long time, even social media and even like calling people, they fade a little bit in your mind. And you like have this like unupdated app in your mind, right? And it's this person. And then it's fun when you look at each other and you see like imagine if you had an update in Snapchat for five years. Like if you see the new snaps, it's like what the fuck? Jeez, what? Yeah. So uh, in those moments, and they're very little, they they don't happen too much. Mm-hmm. But if you get a, a chance to like talk to someone who hasn't seen you in a couple of months, you see them when you cut your hair, or when you leave your hair long, and they're like, "Oh my god, you look so different!" And it's like I don't feel different because you see yourself every day. But mm-hmm. those people, especially with choices in life, the contrast is so good. Yeah. And it's it's. Or so bad, depending on how you're bueno, doing. Sí. Ah, but it's, those are like self-checking moments, and they're very nice. Yeah. So check your stereotypes. Allow yourself to break them. Allow yourself to break them. And vamos a contribuir al mundo enseñándole a la gente que, o sea, es como un spectrum. They're good and bad, and the thing is, we cannot just leave them there. We have to use them. You have to use them, and you don't have to let them victimize you either. Exactly. Nobody's a victim to their stereotypes. Y tampoco los usen para victimizar a la gente. Por favor. O sea, estamos asumiendo que que people that listen to this would not even think about hurting someone with a stereotype. Even if you do subconsciously like wake up to it. Mm-hmm. Come on. Let's make some good to the world. Yeah. Remember no one gets away with anything. Mhm. <laughs> See you again next week. Thank you.